Maybe, and I think it, it comes back to like why I was doing. I, you know, I don't want to go down the the usual route of always know your why, but just by the fact that I was doing it because I just had a genuine interest in people's stories, and I treated it like a a hobby, and not this thing that had to be 100% perfect and bring in loads of uh, I don't know whatever it may be rewards and recognition because of its phenomenal quality. Because I didn't take that approach to it. Um, it didn't crush me. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute since I last posted an episode. And well, really, I've just been really busy. I've been working really hard. I've been wrapping my head around a project that I'm doing, a creative project. And it's just been taking a lot of my time and the podcast needed to be on hold for a second. But that's also fine. It's a teachable moment. And my therapist always says not everything needs to happen right now and to give myself grace. So I've been doing that. But I'm back now and I have a very, very exciting episode for you. This week, I am talking to Ananda Tani, who is the creator of Journey Onwards podcast, an award-winning podcaster and a person that really, yeah, I, I measure my podcast against his. I love how he interviews. I love his style. He has a great voice made for podcasting. And I've been a guest on his show. I'm going to link actually my episode in the show notes down below. And it's just a great show about conversation with third culture kids. And if you don't know what it is, it's adult, like adults who have been through the experience of immigration, through their parents or through immigration themselves and what they have learned and what, how that has affected their lives. And this show really came from Anand's curiosity, from wanting to understand himself better, wanting to understand the world better and just listen to stories. And that's why I love it so much, because it's so pure, vulnerable and honest and I'm going to stop talking now. And here is my conversation with Ananda Tani. So after all those technical glitches and the real struggle, we're finally online. So hi, Ananda. How are you today? That's that's actually such a good, it's such a good symbolism for like podcasting in general. Like it is, there's so much persistence and perseverance that you have to learn to put up with, especially, especially like technical glitches and like learning through it. it there's... Ever since the beginning, there will be a new technical glitch that I've had come up, even a year on. So it's like, there's there's no better way to start this off than to go through one of those again. You know what? It's I, I was watching this documentary, uh, Seven Days on Netflix, and they're talking about restaurants and saying like, how in the restaurants, it's like the swan uh, metaphor, that they look so graceful yeah. and like they're just gliding on the water, but they're paddling super hard on their water. Same thing for podcasting, in my opinion. It's like we pretend that everything is going smoothly and perfectly and we edit everything out and we just hide the fact that sometimes technology fails us, like today. And that's the thing, you know, when you're on the, I say on the outside, but as a podcast listener, which, you know, I used to be for a while, you see that final product. And I mean, at least for me, I was like, oh, you know, they just, they sit down, they record it and then they click upload and then, you know, job done. But then after going through it myself, like being on the inside, you see like how m you appreciate a really good quality 
recording and output so much more because either someone's doing it for them or you're like, wow, they've put in the graph to make this sound this good. That's so true. That's so true. Or even when they do like the little breaks that, or then when they add, I've been amazed by ad, when people add ads in the middle and the narrative just perfectly fits. Yeah. And I think, oh, that's, that's yeah. so, that, that cliffhanger right there is so smooth. It's amazing. But now that we're here, so you already mentioned a little bit about yourself, that you're a podcaster, but tell the audience who you are and what you're currently working on. Yeah, so I, uh, my name's Anand. I'm from London and I am now based in London again after a brief spell away in China. Um, in terms of what I'm working on, I do have a, you know, day job. I'd say nine to five, but, you know, ever since lockdown and um, the new flexibility, and don't get me wrong, you know, my, my company are very sort of uh, flexible and um, they make things very much in line with what works for us. So I wouldn't say I have a nine to five. Um, but it is, you know, a, a, a five day a week type day job. And then, yeah, on the side, I do my own podcast as well, which you have been on. Uh, and that was a great episode. And um, that's that's kind of, it's like a, a side hobby, which if it becomes, I don't put the pressure on it blowing up to become this huge thing because, you know, they say, you know, quality over quantity and it, it's such a thing that's thrown around. But really, you know, the people I know that do listen to it and the, the things they follow up with and tell me, they really love what it's about. And for me, it's like I, I would rather have them talk to me about um, either what it's got them thinking about or what they really learned from a conversation with someone um, rather than not knowing anyone who listens to it, but just knowing that, you know, it's, it's had a million listeners. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of a side hobby that I'm motivated by people following up and saying uh, what what they what they really liked about it. I really love your show, and as somebody who has been on it, I, I it it did that for me. So it made me ask myself so many questions about how my background actually affected me. Like I had thought about those things before, but not in the depth. And yeah, please tell mm. the listeners about your show because it's such a would you say it's niche? I think it's kind of niche, but it's also very broad because you touch so many topics, but the your guests are very particular. Yeah, that's a that's a it's actually a really good question because I don't really know. Um uh I don't really know what my show is about. No, I, I don't really know how to if uh, how to answer that question because okay, ultimately how it began. It never began with me thinking I want to start um an ongoing podcast. It was during lockdown where I was inspired by the idea from someone else who I knew who interviewed their family members about their kind of immigrant journey. So their their parents and their uncles and grandparents, they grew up in one place and then um, it's, you know, they were forced to leave there. So it was Africa and they were forced to leave Af East Africa. But um, and I share a very similar family background, but it's not that well known uh, in uh, it's not taught you know in history books and then it just made me realize that for me it was such a you know it's defined who I am today and in fact just before I go into it something that was really inspiring was uh, based on someone who listened to it they said they were talking about how their parents went through something similar where they grew up in uh, India but then they moved to Dubai and then she's been given a great opportunity because of that and it made me realize that I was actually really fortunate that my uh, parents and even my grandparents decided to actually take the risk and firstly move from India to Africa and then my parents' generation took the risk to move from Africa to the UK. Because if my grandparents didn't decide to leave India, then I would have been born probably in India. 
And if my parents didn't decide to go to the UK and decided that they didn't want to take that risk and they went back to India instead, I would have been born in India. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I can see that there's obviously a huge difference in the, the, the economic and social quality of life being in the UK. And it's, it, people don't think about that, right? And it's not their fault. You know, I didn't think about that until I realized like, wow, you know, these risk-taking qualities of my family generations has allowed me this. And it makes me want to appreciate and you know want to do good for the opportunity i've been given so that's yeah that's what inspired me to speak to my family members and then following that people like exactly people like you um and many others they were inspired by the idea of it right they're like wow it makes me want to think about my family story or my story i've never thought about it in like you say you know a chronological sequence and what that has meant for the person that uh, you've become and then so just on these these type of conversations with people like you um it made me think that hang on you know why should i stop here these this is great this is great content these are great stories i've already learned the basics of how to do podcasting why not carry on change the sort of focus on it a bit and then keep going with it because at the end of the day i just get to hear these these great stories and learn from you a lot so that's what kept me going and and how do you learn the skills of podcasting because there isn't a podcasting academy um it's not like you can well can you go to school for podcasting i don't know maybe you can like for audio production but for podcasting yeah. specifically i think i think there are now um i don't know how long they've been around so it gives me even more sort of i admire those people who've been in the game for a while and you know there's a reason that the ones who have been in it for a while are doing so well because they firstly didn't have much basis of like schools or courses to learn it from but then also they decided to carry on and you know it filtered out all the people who didn't have the same passion or whatever it may be um the same motivation and those guys that kept going but i think so i got into it what at the beginning of 2021 and one thing i'm always fortunate for uh, which you're aware of as well is that being coupled with the rise of clubhouse i decided I didn't really know what my purpose on Clubhouse was in the beginning. I just thought, hey, you know, I'm one of those front runners that I've heard about this early on. Um, and then so after wasting some, you know, wasting some time on it, I say wasting time in terms of I didn't have a purpose going on. It was just cool to talk to new people who are doing cool things. I realized that the podcasting is something I could use it for because it's what I was putting my energy into at the time. And I know this could be biased, but the, the podcasting rooms and the community in there by far the most selfless like clubhouse has got a reputation for people talk the talk but really they have their own hidden agenda and honestly with the podcasting guys i never felt that and I, it really wasn't because at no point did um you know like the rtp guys the real talk post podcasting guys they never they never at any point asked for anything uh, like, oh, hey, here's a little snippet of uh, some help, but now you're going to have to sign up to this to find out more. You know, pay us 10,000, we'll do X, Y, Z for you. There was never that. They just came on, what, like three, four times a week or even daily, and you could just ask whatever you wanted. So I I was, I think I told Tyler that I learned, um, you know, three months of knowledge in about 10 days because of that. So that's where I really learned. You know what? RTP is so close to my heart. Like at one point I was spending... Every morning, like from their morning, my afternoon with those, like an hour a day with those dudes, asking them the dumbest questions. And well, to me, they seem dumb, 
But to them, they were like, yeah, these are like the classic beginner questions, the things that you want to know. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought RTP stood for Roman, Tanner, and Pedro, which are the three uh, dudes that started it. And but turns I out think, that it's... Wasn't that, but wasn't, that the, wasn't it meant to be a play on... No, they it, base it on... It was complete coincidence. They went for like real no talk way. podcasting because they were like, yeah, the real talk, like you said, it's like being super honest about what it takes, not being, not asking people for money or being like, yeah, hey, like you said, like subscribe to my channel or pay me 10,000 euros and I'll give you a perfect course. So it was just pure yeah. coincidence. No way. Well, I always thought no, that it was part of the plan, but that's really cool. <laughs> no, that's like, it's synchronistic. It just happened. It's yeah. almost mystical. But yeah, I, I think that's so that's so true. I think you and I met actually. Like I know we met on Clubhouse. I don't know if we met in a room about immigration and immigrant stories or in one of those real talk podcasting rooms. No, I re I remember, and you'll be able to um, sort of complete the story because it was some you spoke on something to do with a plugin on accessibility that you were working on or you wanted in your website to make it more accessible to to people that I had not even ever thought of. And that's when I was trying to build my own website for the platform. And I was like, wow, this is this is so key. And then I, from there, then I saw you uh, a few times after and I was like, she's great. So that's that's Aww. what it was, yeah. Aw, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're so right. I remember we were, we were talking about, like, yeah, the different, because they were recommending a plugin and I, I always said mm. that I had used it and I gave my opinion on it because yeah, through Clubhouse, I didn't only learn about podcasting, I also learned about accessibility. And yeah. yeah, for a while, it was this place where you could learn a lot of things for free, really, like access to experts. Are you still on it? On Clubhouse? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got the app, but I have, I've, I've probably, no, I haven't logged on for... <laughs> Same. I can't even... Yeah. Same. It, I mean, it was, I think, I remember once clicking on it, and there's still rooms going, and still some names I recognize, but... Um, it's it's yeah the, the the number of rooms has decreased dr dramatic dramatically. So before the recording stopped because that's what happens, and I was asking you about like what was your process of learning aside from the RTP guys giving you tips and so on. Did you have anybody else that helped you learn? And then the recording broke, and I I'm in a space of I'm gonna lose my mind in this day. But you have a very positive attitude about like yeah maybe. It happened, but maybe we can use in a positive way, rephrase the question. Can you explain to me that mindset? Because I don't have it. So, yeah, I, I'd love to. I'd love to, for it to come from a place of like, I'm just so revered. And, you know, I see the, the optimism and everything. But I think it's just because, uh, you know, the great thing about this conversation is we're doing a podcast where you're, you're asking me about podcasting. So it's like all the, the troubles that come up, I can, I'm speaking from a point of view of, I'm not saying I've been through them all, but I've been through so many uh, issues and glitches and errors. And like, this is one of them where either it's cut out on my end or it's cut out on their end. But when it comes to, because I do my own editing, um, I know already where it's like, that's actually not a bad place for it to cut out because you're in the, uh, as the host, you're in the middle of asking something. So when I, if it's ever cut out in the middle of me asking something, I'm like, oh, that's great. I can just re-ask it and maybe say it even better than, than I would have first said it. And then they can carry on answering. Whereas, you know, as a guest, for me, if, if they're in the middle of giving, and it's happened, where they, they're in the middle of giving their story or their answer or their inspiration, and then it's cut out. So 
they've lost their you know their trail of thought their momentum and then then we go back online and then i have to re-ask the question so uh they have to start again and they want to try and make it sound similar to what they first started saying but once you lose that train of thought if you if you because your part of your mind is thinking oh what did i say again I, i need to make sure i say those bits that i said again and then it never comes out as well um, so that's why it's like, you know, the fact that it was in the middle of you asking the question, uh, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. Yeah. That is so honest and true. And that comes from that for every, for the people listening, this comes from an award winning <laughs> podcaster, giving me a teachable moment in, in real, like in real time, AKA recorded on a podcast. Yeah. I, I'm happy to have gone through the misery. So someone else doesn't have to, because, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been one hell of a journey. That's for sure. You know, like now that you say that, I was thinking um, somebody that I will interview in an end of April, actually, his name is Kevin uh, Blackster. Okay. Really cool dude. He teaches creatives and he always says that when he teaches somebody, he tells them, I'm giving you the escalator because I had to take the stairs. Oh, I like that. The only thing that I'm asking is that you give the next person the elevator. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, going back to to the questions, um, like who, like did you go through a trial er- error process, like using the RTP guys as sources, or did you take a course on podcasting, or have you been le- teaching yourself, learning on the go? Was YouTube your education? This is, yeah, this is a good question. So um, you know, from a from a technical standpoint, uh, and I don't mean you know super technical, um, but just you know, learning what audio settings to put or what mic to buy, um, even Riverside, right? All of these kind of, uh, so Riverside being the, the recording tool that we're using now, um, all of that knowledge came from, you know, Roman or Tano Pedro, one of them. And so all of those things, they um, they taught me. Uh, and like I say, escalated me having to look up like, oh, what are the top 10 platforms? Which one is best for beginners? Which one's best for growing podcasts? All of that stuff. So that e- escalated all of that learning or elevated, elevate, elevated, elevated, so that someone else can use the escalator. Um, but um, the uh, in terms of my sort of framing my voice, which is something that I learned later on because in the beginning it was very, I was, ju- I was doing, you know, question, answer, question, answer. And it, it's something that's common, I found. Hey friend, it's Alex. Just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah will help pay for the hosting and i also love coffee and now that i have you here like really quickly i would like to give a shout out to another podcast i mean anana and i are talking about how we learn to be podcasters and this podcast that i'm going to shout out now it's called teen up and it's made by two very young podcasters glenn and isabella who are actually teenagers they're finishing high school and going into college And they have this amazingly well-structured and consistent show. I really envy their consistency and quality. Like every month they will choose a topic, like a very broad topic, let's say bullying. And for the four episodes of that month, they would just like break it down and have different guests, take different perspectives. It's really a very round show that I have thoroughly enjoyed. 
And I just wanted you to also hear about it. And yeah, go check it out. You will find a link to them in the show notes. It's really high quality. Like Anan was saying, like sometimes you listen to podcasts and you hear the quality. This is a high quality show. So check them out. Glenn and Isabella from T-Not Podcast. You'll find them in the show notes. But enough of my babble. Let's get back to the show. Like, is there a host that you're like, this is my role model host or or what podcast were you listening to that you were like, this is super influential in my style? That's so is. Yeah, that's a I had a feeling this question would come up. So. Um, <laughs> so w- one of uh, for sure, I mean, this is going to be so biased, but um, so Jay Shetty is like my high school friend. Uh, so he was. You know, my best friend since I was like 15. So there's definitely a bias in what I'm going to say. But I always say that objectively, regardless of if I knew him or not, I think his material is phenomenal. You know, there's a reason he's so successful. Um, But it's, uh, you know, I always try and frame it in the way of um, just his style. And that probably explains why we were friends, right? I, I know how he thinks. I know how he speaks. I know how we communicate. So in his style of delivery... You know, we're both from London. We're both North London boys, and he's now in America. So, I can really resonate with how he says things. And then, so that he's one person I used to listen to. Apart from that, um, I think Lewis Howes' content is very good, and it also makes sense why Lewis and Jay are such good friends. And then recently, more recently, I say more recently, I'd say in the last like six, seven months, um, Stephen Bartlett has become again. You know, uh, uh, I think he's, I'm sure he's a London boy. He's a uh, he has a different style to Jay, but they're both where the the sort of impact that their material has, whether they're interviewing a guest or whether they're doing their solo episodes, I really think like after those 30, 40 minutes, I'm like, damn, that was, you know, I listened to the whole thing without feeling distracted or getting distracted by anything around me. So I want to be able to do that where, you know, someone could listen to me for 30 minutes and be like fully engage in that without being like oh i listen to 15 minutes then i take a break but i'm going to finish another 15 minutes later so those uh i'll say yeah steven and jay are the two people that i take a lot of inspiration from but i also love lewis's content as well I, you know what now that you say it i i do see it i like personally if i think about your show and jay's show something that you guys both have is that it never feels like you're lecturing anybody it, it doesn't feel like a formal interview it doesn't feel like jur- a jur- like maybe you wanted to feel but that's how it feels for me it doesn't feel like a journalistic interview or a documentary it feels like you're honestly just sitting in front of somebody and you're like having a coffee or a beer or whatever and you're just asking questions and pondering about life i mean that's a, yeah that means a that means a lot to hear that yeah yeah it's it, it just feels like you're like you at least i feel as an as an audience member as a listener like I'm just sitting on the table with you guys. And that's what I personally appreciate. I don't feel that you draw the distance between um, I'm the host and I'm talking to an expert and that's the audience member over there. It's like there's this closeness and you both you both have that quality. I think it's a really uh, it's a really important thing you touched on. And I'm glad you mentioned it because it, it made me think about something that I think is really important in this podcasting space, which is that um, and not in all cases, because some people are purely driven by using podcasting as, you know, another pillar of marketing for their business, which is fine. But, you know, for, for something, for topics like these, um, for me, hopefully I've communicated how it's about, I'm just genuinely interested in this space. Because it first started with 
my family, who I'm obviously interested in. But then speaking to people like you and the other guests before having them as a guest, I um, I was just fascinated by their story and I wanted to put it out for others to hear. So just like, you know, I, in entrepreneurship, they often say that, you know, it, the idea is not enough to make you an entrepreneur or to keep you going. It's And it's not even the motive, but it's the motivation. So there's a the motive and the motivation. So with something like this and, and what you say about Jay, it's because there's a genuine interest in the guest's story or what they have to offer. And so I'm genuinely asking questions not to think, how can I extract something that's going to, um, you know, make this a how-to podcast for success. But it's just that I want to know your story, the how I would, if we were sitting in a room. The only difference is it's being recorded. But what, one thing that I try and do is make the guest feel like they are just talking to me over a Skype call or something and not, hey, we're sitting down for a formal um, podcast session. And then in that way, it, that's what I've noticed. I didn't used to do that in the beginning, but as I've started to do that more, it becomes easier for exactly like you're saying, the listener to tune in and be like, wow, I feel like I'm just there in the room with you guys. Yeah, and you also create this space that allows people to be vulnerable, that I think it's so important. It's like, you're not here to sell me a product. You're not here to tell me your success story. Like You're here to tell me about your your failures as well, because in the end, somebody else is going to listen to it. It's going to resonate. And talking about that like have you had like an like a failure let's call it like an episode that just didn't go or that just flopped or well i, I literally have had an episode that didn't go yeah <laughs> if you want to um yeah there's a and it's sad because uh don't get me wrong the, the guest was super patient and he had some really good content in there but i don't know i think it was on my end um and it was it was just the fact that I was using an old laptop. This is one of the, the earlier episodes where I had just moved across to Riverside. So I was using Zoom, um, where Zoom has the benefit that everyone knows how to, well, most people know how to use it, but also the because the quality is lower, the file sizes are lower as well. So I never had an issue with putting um, a, a full episode together, right? But... As soon as I moved to Riverside, the jump up in quality is insane. But that also means that it's using up a lot of the computer processing power and memory. And so I started to realize that my laptop was just not cut out for it. So unfortunately, he was one of the earlier episodes where um, because it went on quite a while, a lot of the computer, the processing power was being uh, or the memory, sorry, was being sucked up. And then it just kept on cutting out. Um and, it, you know, it goes back to that thing of if, if it was in the middle of me asking a question, that's fine because I could answer it because uh, I could ask it again. But there was I think there was one question I asked him where he must have answered it four times. And he always did a really good job with it. Don't he, he never showed any frustration. He's like, no worries, may I understand how it is. I think he was in the kind of tech space. So he understood, you know, tech has its um, flaws if you're not prepared. Um, but the end content, it was so choppy. Um, and that, you know, there was, it even became that because my laptop was lagging, my question suddenly recorded midway through his answer because it took so long to get recorded or something. And, uh, it was just basically, I had to admit defeat and I couldn't use it in the end. Um, so that was, yeah, you know, that was, um, that was tough. Whereas there have been, so that was, that was the hardest thing where, especially cause you know, you never want to record an episode and not release it. I know as you become more professional and, and like 
a global podcast then i've heard people say that i record so many that some just are not cut out for my show fine but you know i'm not at that sort of level um or n neither would i want to do that but apart from that there's there have been cases where luckily the recording has been bad on my side so that i've had to then go and re-record my bits and then sort of merge it with all of their answers and actually the end product did work out looking nicer but um it did mean that i had to spend probably five times longer putting it together because i had to literally re-record everything i said in that whole hour's conversation i think that i think that's such an important point because like the part that you say accepting defeat I think a lot of people, especially creatives, are like, I will not accept defeat or they see failing as such a like a, such a horrible thing. But then it's like failing upwards. I'm guessing that this experience like taught you something and you're like, you know what? Things can go south. And maybe that's where your can-do attitude comes from. <laughs> maybe. And I think it, it comes back to like why I was doing... I, you know, I don't want to go down the, the usual route of always know your why. But just by the fact that I was doing it because I just had a genuine interest in people's stories and I treated it like a, a hobby and not this thing that had to be 100% perfect and bring in loads of, uh, I don't know, whatever it may be, rewards and recognition because of its phenomenal quality. Because I didn't take that approach to it. Um, it didn't crush me. Obviously, I was just upset. I It was an episode that I couldn't release, but it didn't mean I was going to be like, right, I hate this stuff, I'm done. So if you had to give advice to, like if, if a young wannabe ingenue, wannabe podcaster came to you and said, hey, Anand, I want to learn from you. I like, would you give them that's the first, like, would your first tip be make sure your computer has enough capacity to run an interview or would it be be open to mistakes? Like, what would you tell them? Like, what would you be like your the first thing that you tell them? Um, I wouldn't actually tell them anything as a first thing i would ask them i would, I would uh like i probably Dang. would because i because i <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I anything I, love... I would ask them something <laughs> damn <laughs> ding 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 um because because i genuinely love the concept of podcasting like from what it um from what it can do for the host and what it can do for the guests I would really want to understand what inspired them to come to me for tips, like what basically why they're doing it, right? And then once I know that, then I kind of know what's more important for them. You know, if they are doing it to like support an existing business and bring in new revenue streams or get, you know, this kind of recognition, then I probably would tell them all the tech stuff and like, okay, get a camera that's at least get this good, get a microphone that's at least that good because your importance is you want to do something with a hundred, like, you know, at the best quality you can and that's what's important because it's affecting your, like, business revenues or whatever it may be. You probably also want to get, I would even say if it's that important to you, then then get a sort of podcast technician to begin with so that it's just great from the beginning. But if it's someone, if I've understood that it's someone who, like me, just, like, has a real interest in a specific field and they want to have their go at either being have the chance to meet new people because podcasting really allows you to do that um or they just you know they just like the idea of they just they just i don't know thrilled by being a host of something then then it would be a different conversation right then it would be about um 
you know, what is your style? What is your role? Like one thing I learned, which is kind of like what I was saying, one of the pieces of feedback I got was someone said, they don't know enough about me or they don't hear enough about my side because I was always about bringing the other, the guest's story out. And I remember in the episode that they gave me feedback on, I, I began talking about uh, a, a story of mine that I could relate to the person. And then I even said, um, but anyway, I don't want to get into too much of my own thing, blah, blah, blah. And then I moved on to the next question. And then the the girl, she immediately gave me feedback um, that, why did you do that? Like, I was about to hear your side of the story, which I was waiting to hear. And then you cut it short and moved on. And then I realized that, wow, yeah, you're right. You know, what what is a consistent thing in a podcast? It is the host. The guests change all the time. So unless you, you know, unless you have celebrity guests or niche guests like if i did a, a a soccer podcast where i just have a new soccer player on and you love soccer i don't know why i'm calling it soccer i'm from the uk <laughs> and it's football i wanted to this ask is, you that yeah. really, really i was like are you honestly okay? this is having this is having american guests and what it does um okay let's go back to football i'm from the uk yeah let's stick by the english way of saying it um yeah, if, if I'm doing a football podcast and I have football players on, then I know that a listener will keep on listening because it's football as they love. Whereas something like this, because they're particular individual stories, and I am, I can relate to them because I share a similar background of being a third culture kid, being a kid of immigrants, I'm the constant. So to keep people listening on, they need to know who I am. And so that's when I realized that I need to make sure I know my role in this in this podcast. And so that's actually the first thing I would tell someone once I figured out what their purpose is. I would say what like what is why are you doing this particular niche or story? And then once you know that, make sure you know what your role is in it in. Are you just an interviewer? Fine. Um or if I feel it's similar to my type of podcast thing, then you need to know that you are just as important a contributor to the episode week in week out as the guest is. Damn, that's so deep. Now, weird question. Is there anybody you would send away? Is there anybody you would go like, you need to find somebody else because I cannot help you? Uh Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I think it would be... Oh, well, as in someone from the beginning, you mean? No, someone I Someone who's I just mean, starting off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if somebody's starting off and you realize... Like, everybody can learn whatever they want. Everybody can make the show they want. But if, like how important is it to you that you're the right person mm. for them? Because we always oh, talk really about question. that. It's like, I, I honestly believe that the teacher comes from the student is ready and that mm. not every teacher is right for everybody. I mean, my dad is, I love my dad to death, but he's a terrible teacher. He's right. Yeah. He's a, he's a great lecturer, but I'm still traumatized from him teaching me how to ride a bike. I'm still traumatized. <laughs> so, but, so the teacher is also important. Like if you like, is there somebody that you would say, or maybe not a specific person, but would you ever say like, yeah, I'm not the right person for you. I'm not the right fit. Or would you give me the bare minimum? Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, and there are, okay, so, you know, the topic of fake it till you make it or, you know, being authentic and genuine, something that's, it's, I mean, that's not a new concept, but it's, it's become so important that, you know, there is some element of fake it till you make it, which does happen in podcasting where, you know, it's like, um, especially is that, you know, they tell hosts like big yourself up more because it then allows the listener to be like, wow, that, you know, this person is a valuable asset because in the beginning it's, it's often hard to, to frame yourself like that. But I think if it comes to someone coming to me, 
asking me questions that are not something that I've actually been on the journey of myself. I'm I'm lying to myself and also to them about what I'm actually saying because so for example, if they came to me and said um how do I make 10k off my podcast even if I've heard from like the RTP guys how to do it, I haven't done it. So I'm not going to I'm not going to just regurgitate what they say. I will tell them to go to them. And in the same way of like when it comes to equipment, like I think I have a a good mic and a good setup, but you know, I don't have a a studio. I don't have three different mics from different angles doing all that. So if they were like, mm, "How can I really turn this into, you know, the podcast that you see in the 1%?" I don't know. Well, I I probably know how I can try and do it. But I haven't done it. I haven't put it to the test. So I couldn't say this is going to work for you. So if it comes to questions like that, well, I haven't been on that part of the process yet. I'll, I'll admit that you know, I won't be able to answer it. Have you seen those courses? It's like, here's a course about how to make 10K by creating oh, yeah. courses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so... I don't know how often I have ranted on this podcast about courses like online courses like that. But it's ex ex that that's exactly what bugs me from somebody saying, I'm going to give you a course on how to make courses so you can be as successful as me making courses. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm kind of the same as you when it comes to on like all these online courses that through, came out through the pandemic being like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Have you been there before? <laughs> or, or coaches? Well, God, I've gone, yeah. I've gone off about coaches so much. Like, how yeah, the word the word has really been watered down for what it is, and I don't know. You know, it's. I guess it. I don't know what it comes. To, I don't want to say that it comes down to people's like morals and stuff. But you know, if you're the the kind of people you're targeting are normally ones that are like kind of desperate to find out how to multiply whatever money they have, right? It, you know, if someone's making six figures if someone's on 200k they're not interested in how to make that next 10k so someone who's looking how to make 10k is probably a lot of their disposable income and so to to and i'm just talking generally again but you know if for you to be willing to do that knowing that you can make an extra 10k of someone who desperately needs it and you you're, and you genuinely are not convinced that you will be able to help then yeah well, it's sad that it's sad to to think like that but For me, a coach needs to be like, for at least for me to believe in them, it's like, I need you to be like a sponsor, be like, you can tell me that you have been through the hardship, that you have been to a similar story than me. And that's why I think your podcast is so valuable because you can see people as a, as a person that comes from immigrant parents with an immigrant story, you see people succeeding that they have a story similar to you. And that's why it's so important yeah, yeah. because a lot of immigrant like kids, like people who listen to my podcast don't see themselves represented mm -hmm. and that's why i try to like go for a diverse pool of guests for people who have had a different story a different education saying like hey i didn't make it into art school honestly i didn't i found a med i found a mentor on patreon or i just learned myself or i found a coach that taught me and so on you know and yeah i love your approach and now that we are here like talking about like how to learn and develop yourself and courses Where do you see education going in the future? Maybe this is a very broad question and we can leave it in podcasting or we can go more general into like the entire education field. Like what do you think will happen in the next stages in human development? Yeah, I wish I could say what I think will happen. I can say what I hope will happen. Um, and it is it, over 
over lockdown, apart from doing this podcasting, I actually took up a lot more reading for two reasons. Partly because I had more time to read because I wasn't um, didn't have any you know, sort of like social events and all that. <laughs> but also, when it came to what I really love about like being a podcast host as well is it's made me want to brush up on my own knowledge and learning. Um, so I just read a lot more. And, you know, some of the books that were really good, like there's one called A More Beautiful Question by Warren Berger. And he, um, it, it, it's, it's a great book. It covers a lot of how important asking questions is. So, you know, a great coach is someone who knows to, uh, how to ask the great questions. And it might contradict what we were just saying a bit earlier, but um, even if you look at, you know, Serena Williams, Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic, um, whoever, I don't know why I focus on tennis there. I think those are the examples that it gave. But the people who are at the top of their field at what they do, they still have a coach. The coach is not better than them at what they do, right? But the coach now knows how to ask the right questions to get them to be better. That's the role of a good, good coach, right? Um, whereas mentors actually give more tips. So what else the book talks about is how the education system so when we are children uh, as children you know they're the most very inquisitive on the whole right you know we're born into this brand new world and kids just ask questions and whatever they have no shame it's just coming out of a genuine interest but schools were designed in a way whether intentionally or unintentionally they were shaped in a way that children lose that natural curiosity right because it it's, it's been, and I don't want to, I'm not speaking for the world, but, you know, having been to the UK education system, I know the US education system is, like, targeted a lot for this, but it, it teaches you how to learn facts and regurgitate and do well in exams because that's what, what's going to get you the job. And it's an approach that really made sense during the Industrial Revolution because during that point, it was about factories, machines, excessive productivity. So it's like, how can we get you to learn quick and efficiently and do your job, right? So that's how schools were designed. And I know it's changing a lot now, and that's where, you know, in a nice way, like Africa's kind of leading the way, but what uh, what I hope that schools will do more of, and I know they're doing it, is reframing the whole system. Oh, wow, that's such a big thing to say. But in a way that you actually really get rewarded and merited for questioning, even if it's questioning... You know, like even if it's considered stupid, right? It's because it's not, right? The f just just the fact by questioning, like you say, you know, we thought we were asking dumb questions to the RTP guys, but they recognize that actually it's not dumb. You're just, you are starting off. It makes sense that you're asking these questions. So the kids should never feel um, stupid for asking whatever questions, right? And that's where I think it will go that way because look at like some of the innovations, right? Like Netflix, for example, came about because the the founders asked, why can't we create a business model wh which is like renting DVDs but like a gym membership? I think that was literally the kind of question that was asked. And then Netflix came about because Blockbuster had its flaws. So it's like, I want to be able to... Well, I don't think they started digitally, but I want to be able to rent movies, um, but I don't want to have to worry about late fees or um, struggling with that. So can I just pay a monthly membership and have access to movies? Right, and then that that's that's basically where Netflix started, and you you know you don't just know how well it's done now. So, being encouraged to ask those questions at that that age will just mean more people will have that kind of innovative mindset. And just one other example that I want to give that I think it was actually from I don't think it was from the same book. I think oh yeah, it was from a book called Conflicted by Ian Leslie, and I thought this was really cool. Um, so Warren Buffett, I think you know probably the most successful like investor. 
he um when he was looking at M&A deals, you normally hire like an external advisor to figure out if this is a good M&A deal to go through, right? But quite often, the advisor's fee or financial incentive comes from proving that it is actually a good M&A deal transaction to go through, right? So they're encouraged to try and prove that whether they realize it or not, they are, you know, you onboard an advisor to tell you yes or no, but they're probably financially, they're better off if they do say yes. So they're going to find ways to say yes. So then instead of then just trying to make sure you come back with anything that would go against their um, reasons, you know, their proposal for it being a good M&A deal, he would hire another party and another advisory board who were financially incentivized to say why it's not a good M&A deal. So it, it it means that they're actually fighting to say that this is not a good M&A deal. So now you're really getting both sides of the thing. So this is all about, again, you know, I know it, I've kind of gone outside the box with what I'm trying to say here, but it's like by making them ask the questions and do the research and being incentivized financially to come up with an opposing argument, then you're going to get to the, the res- or you're more likely to get to a high quality output to then decide, is this actually a good M&A deal to go through or not? So that's something he would do. And it means it means it's costing him more up front to pay for two advisors. But how much more beneficial is it that he's going to then go into an M&A deal with much higher quality information? So I think, yeah, these kind of things is the direction that I hope um, schooling and education goes in, like just being encouraged as much as possible and, you know, grade-wise rewarded for asking questions. And then also just this mindset of, create conflict in the right way because it's going to make things of a higher quality that's so cool that's so deep and it's it's so true and also like on the topic of of like podcasting and so on there is this one podcast that i love and it's exactly about that it's called um i think one more step it's an npr podcast but it's a sub podcast of npr and it's really cool. I think I think I mentioned it on on my episode on your podcast. Um, that is, that they get these two people from opposite sides on the aisle on one topic, but they're similar on everything else. Like they're the same race, or the same age, or the same gender, but they disagree on one particular point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they have to talk to each other, without like it's not about convincing each other on their point. It's just like asking questions, being like, okay, if you're like something big, abortion, it's like, okay, why are you pro-abortion? Like, because I don't understand it. It's just encouraging asking questions with the idea that the more questions you ask, the more you realize that you're actually more similar than you thought, that it's just this one mm. thing that's setting you apart. And yeah, asking questions, it's such a valuable skill that, yeah, it should be more rewarded. I love that because then you're also encouraged to follow your curiosity to see what you're actually interested in because maybe physics is as a topic, not your thing, but you ask questions and you realize, hey, there is a part of it, like a microscopic part that is kind of interesting. I'm going to hold on to that with dear life to get through this semester. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, asking questions is always seen as if you ask questions, it means you don't know the answer. So it means you're less less smart than someone who does know the answer. But... It, that that's just how the schooling system's been built, right? To I'll figure it out myself because I don't want them to know I don't know it. But you know, it shouldn't be the shouldn't be the right approach. Yeah, I have a teacher. Actually, I had her on the podcast. It's Ginger Coons. Um, she's I think one of my early episodes. 
she asks the weirdest questions and I am may, kind of traumatized by it. it. She could ask me what time it is and I would generally go in my head, what does she really <laughs> want to know? What, yeah. what, what is time? What is she meaning by time? Where yeah. are we in space? And she generally just wants to know what time it is. But it's because she's <laughs> so good at asking questions that I automatically like go into this higher mindset of what is reality? If she's yeah. asking me for a pencil. Is the pencil real? Yeah. Is it material? Where are we? But yeah, I love amazing, that. Yeah. And so are these two books something you would recommend another person? Like we you know, getting to the end of the show and I always ask, like, is there something you would recommend somebody to a creative starting on a, in podcasting or maybe just in, in creative life or in life? Yeah, so th those two books, 100% for sure, um, regardless of podcasting, right? Um, I, I, like I say, you know, I don't think I've read a book on podcasting. I used... Um, the, the like clubhouse to really accelerate my knowledge of the the actual operational side of podcasting and just to hear from other people who are on that journey it was really helpful to be like wow i'm not alone i'm not just the only starter in this space um but then uh also uh because i said i, li I listened to the podcast so i never read read books on it so the books that i really like are those two and another one that um just love 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 for what it what it taught me about mindset is called unfair advantage the unfair advantage and it is by cannot remember i can look it up and put it in the show notes yeah. don't worry i put them all in yeah. the show notes it, there's two authors i believe ali and hassan but yeah look that up for sure but it talks about um this thing called the miles framework and this is uh our way of what we should do is look at ourselves and think about what unfair advantages that we have and it's the reason it's called an unfair advantage because it's trying to say that capitalize on these unfair advantages that you have. Obviously, be grateful that you have them, but we always focus on what we you know don't have. Like, oh, I don't have enough money to do that. I don't have enough. Um, you know, my network's not strong enough to take on to the next step or the next idea. But we don't spend enough time capitalizing on what uh, unfair advantages we do have. And there's been this, the book goes into so many examples of brands and success stories things like google um uh, that have come about and like huda katan it talks about her example of being a makeup artist in america and how she blown through the roof because she really leveraged those unfair advantages so you can use that and you can figure out what yours are i mean so just to like brief touch on so the, the miles framework is money intelligence location education or expertise and status so those are like the way it's broken down and like one example that i love that it talks about is using your wealth so you normally start with financial wealth for example i i think it goes in this order that you have financial wealth and that obviously can serve certain benefits that can increase your social wealth right the more money you have the more you can go into like higher status places and then you'll have access to more people with bigger finances right like if you want to join a, a private club whatever then there's going to be other people who are like part of this private members club you have the chance to access more money through being part of that and then the last one is i think it's called they call it cultural um status so uh, our cultural capital sorry the financial capital social capital is your network and then cultural capital and this is everything from how you dress um how you sound right how you're able to deliver certain things your your you know your inner like your spiritual uh, your spirituality, these kind of things. These are all cultural capital that you have, right? So, I don't know. People say that I have a um, 
you know, it's really easy to to listen to me on a on a podcast because it's very you know soothing, vulnerable. You know, let people be vulnerable. You I have a great that that voice. You have a great voice for <laughs> podcasting, if I may say so I myself. I hate as uh, as someone who edits their own episodes. I hate listening to my voice, right? Um, but then I, I've just I've just I've learned to accept that from hearing that that is cultural capital that I have that I can use to my advantage. So anyway, that that for sure is without giving away the whole book is is one I definitely recommend. Nice. I'll definitely put it in the show notes then. Like so much, and thank you so much, Ananda. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your support in this struggle that has been recording this episode. It feels great to have an award-winning. I would like put that in as much as I can like a, an award-winning podcaster supporting this journey that I'm on <laughs> no I love it. I love that you're doing it and because it's uh you know obviously like I, I don't know how many guests I've had on the show now like over 50 and you're you said you want to start your own one I've I've trust me I've spoken to others who've said the same thing right um you're probably the only one who actually has done it right so there's I admire that so much that someone who's said it and I'm not saying the other ones got lazy or maybe you know there's obviously other reasons why they didn't but the fact that you said you wanted to start your own podcast and you have is uh, you know it's, it's amazing to see you know that's something I learned on Clubhouse like I was uh, I think somebody said like I, I think it was a group about motivation or something uh, I don't know who said it but it was a woman she said if you have a goal if you want to do something tell as many people about mm. it as you can just tell them because the more you talk about like a lot of people think like if you say something you're not going to do it like don't don't share your dreams or don't share your goals yeah but if it's something you can actually do and depends only on yourself because it really depended on me if i started the podcast or not tell as many people as possible because it's like what happened when you messaged me and said like hey how's your podcast going like i got the satisfaction of saying like yeah i'm doing it it's yeah. on episode 27 it's like it's going and you get that little I said I was going to do it. Now I have to do it. And it's not like I'm going to learn how to do a handstand. It's something that requires, it's, it's a lot. The threshold is lower than the handstand, in my opinion. <laughs> Some people say that it isn't. Honestly, as someone who's actually trying to learn to do a handstand, yeah, the threshold is lower. Handstands are difficult. I am trying to learn one like CrossFit oh. style. It's crazy. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a whole different handstand from the one that I learned that I learned how to do in yoga. So I'm like my mm. mind is wrapping. But yeah, that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> like, how do we do handstands? It's a whole other episode. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to actually. I'd love someone to just t teach me the the quickest way. I'm sure there's courses on this. Maybe a ten thousand. Of course, of course. Ten thousand euro course on how to do a handstand <laughs> in two weeks, but. <laughs> Hey, I, I can recommend you one. I can recommend you a really good one that helped me a lot to not succeed, not succeed, but understand the mechanics at least. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please do. Okay, awesome. Then uh, is, to close the episode, is there anything you would like to plug? Probably your own show or your day job. I don't know what your day job is, to be honest. Yeah. The, 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 day, job, the day job will put a lovely little... No, I, I, I love my job, but it's... Uh, uh, we'll stick to the, the podcast, so... It's called the Journey Onwards podcast. the The tagline is Third Culture Conversations because it's the idea of um, talking about talking to other third culture kids or kids of immigrants, and conversations because it, it really is a conversation and not like a an interview. And um, yeah, you know, there's a it's it's on most of the platforms. There's a Instagram page uh, at the Journey Onwards podcast. So really, really happy if people want to check it out or even just message me about anything. You know, like I said, I'll I'll try and help with the stuff I can help with. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it all in the show notes. Then, thank you so much, Anand. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I am so happy to be back, and honestly, I loved editing this episode. I had so much fun, like reliving this conversation, reliving the trauma of technology failing me, because I learned a lot, and that's part of the process. Like Anand was saying, like if you make a mistake, like sometimes you make a mistake, and it's gonna be part of the process, and. It's, we we like to edit things to make them look like they're perfect, but they're not. Like honestly, this wasn't a perfect show technically, but I think the content is solid. I really love what we talked about. I love the tips. I hope you look up the books that he recommended because I didn't. They're, uh, yeah, I bought them. Okay, I bought them. Um, sue me. I I buy the books my guests recommend because I like reading and I like learning. And like he said, it's about asking questions and establishing what you're curious about and following your own path and following your own journey and. If you fail, if you're enjoying it and you fail, then fail upwards and keep trying. And if nothing else, take away the Anand's positive energy because Lord knows I don't always have it. But I'll keep going back to this conversation in my mind next time technology is trying to sabotage my show. But again, thank you so much. You'll find links to Anand's show and to his information in the show notes. Reach out to him. He's a really cool dude. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to say thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations. Please subscribe to the show, give it a review or give us feedback. It's always welcome. Are there questions you would like to ask creatives or do you have somebody you would like to recommend for the show? You can reach out to me on social media or email, which is all linked in the show notes. Also, special thank you to Anne Catherine and Marcus for supporting the show through Buy Me a Coffee. Love you guys and I appreciate the encouragement. Also, thank you to Rohalf Heide for the music for this show and to Immaculate Lemarin for her help proofreading the transcripts and helping keep the podcast as accessible as possible. To close, thank you for listening again this week and I hope to be back in your ears very soon. Until then, keep learning and stay curious. Bye.